the late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Shout-out to all of our radio affiliates checking in across the country and uh, various countries uh, right now as we're breaking it down, Twisted Tuesday style. The Baltimore Ravens step up and get it done this evening and absolutely positively has to get their overnight win for the Ravens this evening. Good thing for the Ravens is they got a... Uh, they got a Dallas Cowboys uh, football team that, quite frankly, is beaten down and their will is about uh, broken as we saw the Cowboys looking dejected on the sidelines at the end of this uh, football game. And it was probably a good thing for those of you that are offended by profanity that Mike McCarthy uh, was wearing a mask because uh, he was dropping a lot of F-bombs. Uh, you, can, you can tell. You, you can tell through the mask. And you know what? Troy Aikman, God bless him. <laughs> Troy Aikman... I mean, to me, he's one of the best analysts in the business. And cutting-edge sense of humor, Troy. Tr Troy Aikman's uh, deadpanness. You like dune buggies, Ned? Oh, I'm not really sure you do. Everybody likes dune buggies. Um, <laughs> Troy Aikman's comments about the Dallas Cowboys just kill me. He's like, that's like about the worst possible safety play you could uh, ever see in your life. Uh, he's like... Because I just don't know the direction of this franchise. He goes, I don't know, like, where, where are they going? What, what are they doing? Right? Like, Aikman, and it's just got to burn Jerry Jones. That, and what can he say? It's Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman tells it like it is. I'd like to get Troy Aikman's thoughts on the college of football playoff situation. But you know what? Merrill's opinion will do. So what are we going to do with Ohio State? All right? Well, the, the Michigan game is canceled. First time in 102 years. Going back to the last play. Can you imagine? Think about that. The only two things that have shut down Michigan and Ohio State in 102 years was the Spanish flu, which was the biggest pandemic known to mankind, and uh, 600,000 Americans died. And it didn't start in Spain. It actually started in Kansas, but uh, that's another story. Um, so they didn't play the game 102 years ago, and here we are now in the midst of another pandemic. Uh, right now, we're not playing this uh, football game. As a Harbaugh dodges a bullet, all right? Harbaugh dodges four hours of uh, embarrassment and humiliation uh, on national television. And now Harbaugh's future is up in the air in Ann Arbor. The question is, what do we do with Ohio State? And we, uh, I think we know what's going to happen with Ohio State because money talks. The late-night anger management class. This is sports rage. Vent your rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Late night anger management class. I am Renzi. The Twisted Tuesday. Bet your a triple threat uh, program uh, this evening. A lot of stuff uh, to get to uh, tonight. It's a good thing that we're on for 180 minutes. It's the 180 minute full court press. Um, you know what? We're in a pretty, we're in a good mood. Um, we crushed the Baltimore game. If you tune into Game Time Decisions, if you follow me on Twitter, at SportsRage on Twitter, 
um, we we told you guys too on the program that you know the the Dallas Cowboys give up the most points in the National Football League in in, in the league in the first half, and that's uh, 18 points per game in the first half. And look, Baltimore ended up with 17, so we went with the team total over 13 and a half. Baltimore, and we laid the five. It was five and a half. I laid five and a half, and then. I'm so cold, the book faded me and made it five, and I stepped up and bet it again. <laughs> and we got lucky. We got lucky uh, being up by seven at the end of the half. Steve Merrill steps up, and then it's amazing uh, what a difference um, a win can do for somebody's mood. Steve Merrill, what's going on, Merrill? How you doing? Doing well, Gabe. Oh, I'd like it when you're in a good mood. Yeah, you know, I didn't say great mood, Steve. Didn't say great, but good. <laughs> and I said good. I yeah, think exactly. good. I knew better. Yeah. No, you know what, though, Steve? I'm not going to lie. You know, I've actually got very excited right before the show started. About half an hour before the show started, I stumbled uh, across a story. You know, we're focused on gaming all day, but I, I'm hosting a three-hour radio show as well. So I like to stay on top of everything. And, you know, I was wondering, Steve, this is kind of out there, but you just got to love the irony of this of 2020. So, um, you know, the Toronto Raptors, are playing in Tampa. And this is real. The NBA season starts in like 10 days or whatever the hell it is. Like, it's NBA season's around the corner. So that's real. And I was wondering, because I don't know if you remember, Steve, last year there was talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. And I know it sounds stupid, but everything sounds stupid now. And it's so stupid they're doing it. The Rays have a, a lease that they can't get out of, all right, until 2027. They're stuck. They can't leave, but they don't have to play. There's nowhere in the lease that says they have to play 81 games there, right? So they basically came up with this idea about how they're going to split their home schedule and even slant it more and more towards Montreal and set up shop in Montreal and sort of be a split. Yeah, we're in Tampa, and then... In 2027, when that'd be the last season in Tampa, and then they would stay in Montreal. So a lot of people rolled their eyes and said, eh, that's the dumbest idea ever. It's not going to work. Well, you know what? And I don't want to criticize the guy because he's on my side about this, being an Expo fan, Steve. Rob Manford, he likes dumb ideas, and he's all aboard. <laughs> so he's he's on board. Because basically, they don't sell any tickets. They can sell tickets in Montreal, ironically enough, even though they didn't in the past. They once did. But it's just crazy to me. So the World Series, so I was wondering, I was like, oh, man, these guys made the World Series. You know, normally there's goodwill in the community. Some of the investors will step up and say, oh, we got a great franchise here. Let's put a couple of bucks into this thing. There's no movement at all. Nobody cares. And the owner of the Rays just did an interview in which he said, like, this year, he wants to play half of the games in Montreal and that there's no other option. That that that's you know that that's the model and there's no other option and baseball's on board. Uh, he's in deep talks with Montreal right now. So I just think the crazy the crazy irony here. The Toronto Raptors are in Tampa and the Rays are going to be in Montreal. Like what the hell's going on in 2020, Steve? Oh yeah, and the Washington football team doesn't suck. What's going on? <laughs> hey, I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, I was thinking about the about 15 minutes ago. I saw this. No, no, I wanted to talk about the Redskin nickname and using it and not using it. I knew I was going to forget yeah. to bring that up, so we got to do that in a moment here. So remind me. I'm glad you just said that because that can get me on my soapbox tonight. But um, yeah, so this lease thing is strange. I, well, I haven't looked into the lease, but, I mean, 
what, what's the deal? They got to play one game there. I mean, why don't they just not play there at all then and just move to Montreal and keep paying the rent? You know what I mean? Because they'll get sued, I guess. Dude, Montreal did the same thing in Montreal. I love the irony. They went to Puerto Rico. <laughs> they were like, you know what? Let's just go to Puerto Rico for a month. You know, we'll sell some tickets there. Uh, and they did. You know, it's it, it is it's a bizarre situation. And I don't know how they're, you know, I don't know how they're gonna make it work in the end, but there's the only person not like on board with this is the mayor of St. Petersburg, because politically it makes him look bad, but he's got no juice. Like they basically stated, nobody's building a stadium, there's no stadium deal, and there's no money coming down the pike, <laughs> essentially. And the owner of the race said, stadiums just don't appear out of the blue. He said, like, you know, there's no stadium coming. So I just, you know, listen, I just find it, you know, I just find the the irony here of 2020. And, you know, I'm glad, you know, we brought up Washington. I'm telling you, it's the nickname change, Steve. They drop the nickname and good things start to happen to them. I'm telling you. Yeah, they um had they not gotten swept by the Giants, they'd be in the driver's seat, you know, because they're both tied now. And that's with two losses to the Giants. Um, of course, they went for two in the one game. You know, if they get the two-point conversion, they win. Uh, they got down big in the other game, but still only lost by three. Um, but the Giants, you know, after the Giants pulled that upset in Seattle Sunday, they had a one game. It looked like they were going to have a one-game league because everyone thought the Redskins would lose to the Steelers. And they had the tiebreaker. But Washington goes there and pulls the upset. Um, as you saw on Twitter yesterday, I did the math on those two money lines. Yeah. Uh, 20 to 1 odds on the two teams both winning straight up based on the money lines. Uh, 5% chance that it happened. But by the way, this is my point, though. You just heard me say Redskins. I didn't do that on purpose. As you know, I mean, Gabe, you know me better than anybody. I grew up in the D.C. area. I mean, you know, until they have a nickname, it's like I don't think – I'm not calling the football team. It's ridiculous. And I'm not doing it on purpose. I just can't do it. I mean, it sounds silly. I've got But you'll like this. So I did a – and I'm not used to it. I mean, I literally just – yeah, I didn't even mean to say Redskins there, and I said it. But here's what's driving me crazy, and this is what I wanted to bring up with you. So I did a um, preview video last Tuesday. We recorded them. I just did three more tonight. But last Tuesday, um, I did a preview video for the Redskins Steelers. There, I get a football team Steeler game, even before the Steelers had played the game against um, the Ravens. And I caught myself saying Redskins, and then I said football team, kind of tongue in cheek, and I wasn't making a joke of it. But I went back and watched the comments later, and like four or five people were like very offended by me using the term couple racism things came up and then the other half of the comments loved it they're like way to go steve and like snowflakes you know and all this stuff but what's funny about it gabe is i didn't do it on purpose one way or the other i went back and watched the video and i said it about five or six times honestly didn't even realize i said it five or six times i mean so it's just one of those things and then um i did a wager talk tv uh spot the other day as well actually today's spot and um, I think I, we talked about it again, and I said Redskins without even thinking twice about it. Actually, in Prez, he said at the beginning of the thing, he said the Redskins last night went outright. He wasn't even thinking about it. And somebody else was offended in the chat room. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, three months ago, nobody would have been offended by this. But now because the powers that be have said you got to get rid of the name, it's all of a sudden like an evil, evil thing. It just cracks me up. It just shows what sheep we have out there. They just kind of are in the herd. Uh, Meryl just dropped it about 13 times. Thanks, Steve, on, right now on this show. <laughs> I didn't mean to say it, but I just said it over and over. But you know what? I'll, yeah, but here's I'll the thing, cut, Gabe. We, we've been saying it for Steve. 20 years. I know. Oh, I, I know, but I'll cut slack because I look at it. I don't look at it like, oh, but that's the thing, right? Like, everything's got to be political now, right? So it's like you find yourself, oh, good stuff, sticking it to the snowflakes, and other people think you're doing it deliberately. 
I'll cut you slack, Steve. Right. I'll give you a two-year moratorium. Dude, people still call the Chargers San Diego all the time, right? Like, I do it it's all just the time ingrained. as well. Exactly. So that's the thing. Are you racist? Los Angeles Raiders you, keeps coming out also. Are you racist because you call the Chargers San Diego? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you said, you're, and you grew up in the area. You went to games. It's been ingrained in your head. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's been and they were the Redskins. Like, Yes, I, and like a game, I've never gone to a football team game. I went to Redskin games, so it's like you can't say it any other way because that's what they were called. <laughs> you know, they won three Super Bowls. When they say who won Super Bowl seventeen, they're not going to say the Washington football team, are they? That's actually a good question. They probably a lot of people would. I don't know, but that's not the answer, you know. Well, whatever, dude. Um, Let's so just get it, it over with. It's an interesting now. situation. Just name the damn team the Red Tails and get it over with. All right. Let's stop exactly. this charade. <laughs> I swear to God, Steve. And I was going to say, by the way, Gabe. the team of Red Tails next year, I'm putting $1,000 that you win a division. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Gabe, I'll stop saying Redskins when they have the a nickname. Side. Hold that's, on. That's... Hold on. Other side. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah! Well, you need to know the winners. And I know the winners. So call me now. Whoa! $5 for the first minute. $2 for each additional minute. You have reached the coach's hot line. Line. Yeah, lay it on me, coach. In the game of my MA mm -hmm. versus Sin. Cincinnati. Sin. Cincinnati. Not. Cincinnati. Come on, come on. Don't you realize this is costing me money? <laughs> Never gets old. Steve Merrill taking it with us. <laughs> it's just too good. Too good. We, we love uh, the Steve. same part. That's the best thing. <laughs> lay it on me, coach. It's good. <laughs> lay it on me, coach. <laughs> yeah, lay me on. That's a great. What, little, what's little forgotten, little. though, Gabe, I know we talk about this all the time. What's forgotten, though, is that Lisa's in that episode big time as well. She picks all the point yeah. spread winners. She becomes like a prophet, basically. That's yeah, another great part of that episode. Yeah, a little, of course, Daddy a little know-it-all Lisa. Yeah, know-it-all Lisa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poor Lisa. He's, he's only hanging out with her because she picks winners. <laughs> the best is, you know, I got to really rewatch it. Just, it's just too good. Uh, the best is I do too. too. It's he, been like 20 years since I've seen that one. <laughs> how he's 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 crushed Moe's the bookie. He's crushing Mo. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Like at first, like Moe's taking his money, and then Mo Homer showed up every week to the bar. You have my money, Mo. And Homer's like, I don't know what you're doing here, Homer. <laughs> but you got to stop, stop, plus stop betting, please. <laughs> like, yeah, Homer's counting the money, la laughing it up. Yeah, little, little Lisa stepped up and in. So. Uh, what you what you think of the, the football game tonight? Um, you know what? I thought there was going to be some points on the board tonight. I left that on the table, not betting the straight out over. I attacked it pretty well, though. I thought Baltimore could win the first half. I like the team total over in the first half, 13 and a half. Dallas give up 18 points a game in the first half. So all in all, it was a pretty good night for us. How'd you do on the game tonight? Did you play it? 
I had a strong college basketball play, and you know I've been crushing it in college hoops. Have having a good December overall. I actually stayed off this game just like last Wednesday. I stayed off that Pittsburgh Baltimore game. I just didn't force anything tonight. Um, it didn't really have a feel for how the Ravens were going to show up, but Dallas is a bad team, you know, so not a surprise that they beat them by 17. Um, here, here's another thing that didn't make a lot of sense for me. They were talking about at halftime or near the end of the half, you know, Lamar Jackson, his face shield was fogging up, so they took off the shield. I'm thinking, why in the world does a quarterback need a plexiglass shield? Is he afraid like a hockey stick's going to hit him in the eye or something? It makes no sense, um, especially if it's fogging up on you. Um, I can understand if it's sunny out, you know, and you've got some sun, you've got like a tenant shield, but they were showing them trying to wipe the shield and everything before they finally took it off. That, that made absolutely no sense to me. I'm thinking the chances of him getting a finger in the eye is basically half a percent. Um, so no, I thought that I was interesting. That was my that. big takeaway gave from the game. That's your no, takeaway really? from the game. <laughs> I gave you, yeah, yeah. That was my takeaway. Uh, I had no action. Uh, uh, you really are a grumpy old man. Like, I, I like, well, Lamar Jackson's shield bothers you. <laughs> Like I'll tell you one thing. They're trying to defog it and wipe it. I'm Uh, like, why do you even got a shield on? It makes no sense. All right, but uh, but I don't know. We don't know. Maybe he got. Maybe he's got something in his eye. Maybe he got poked in the eye before. Right? He might. He might have an eye injury. That would make sense. Yeah. Yes. So we don't know, Steve. I'm just you know. I'm just saying. But uh, but your guy McDermott, who's a psycho, right? National prep wrestling champion. Good story for McDermott. I swear it was. I think it was Reggie Ragland. All right. So he's like a second round draft pick. And McDermott really doesn't care, as we've seen. He's cut, like, he's traded, like, good players and cut them and whatever. So it was, like, it was training camp. So the kid hadn't even played a game yet. And McDermott, it's on film. It's, like, one of those, like, you know, inside the training camp moments. And McDermott goes up to him. And McDermott go and, dude, Raglan's wearing, bro, the one with the mirror, the reflection, right? So, like, he's got a shield on in his training camp. And it's not McDermott style, Steve, right? So McDermott goes up to him. He goes, uh, let me ask you something. He goes, well, quite the shield face mask you got going on here, Reggie. He's like, yeah, yeah, you like it? He goes, well, he goes, uh, he goes, well, you think you look cool in it? He's like, yeah. And he goes, well, I don't. <laughs> like, like, he goes, I don't think you look very cool in it. And he goes, are you sure you can F and C behind that thing? And you can tell McDermott was right. just mad. And Steve, Raglan played like three games for the Bills or something, and McDermott got rid of him. Traded him to San Francisco. He's like, yeah, and he's saying, yeah, he doesn't fit what we're doing here. So it's funny that you just brought up the shield. And McDermott sees a guy with a shield on. It's like, why are you wearing a shield? Right? He got in his face about it. You just don't need to. I mean, because you put the Larry Zonka bull ring, you know, that little bull ring Larry Zonka had in the <laughs> 70s, but you just put a bar. You just put a bar down the middle and you look out each side of it. I mean, that's how they did it for decades. Um, so that's interesting. I didn't know that story, though. But, yes, yeah, speaking of which, both of my guys, both of my classmates are playing again this Sunday night, Pittsburgh-Buffalo, another huge primetime NFL matchup. Of course, they played last year and the media was all over it. Um, Jimmy Laycock, the William Mary coach, was there before the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, these are two very good teams. Obviously, it's a difficult spot for Pittsburgh having travel in the short week. Gave the look-ahead line before the game last night against the Washington football team was Pittsburgh was going to be a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Buffalo. Right after they lose, they become a two-and-a-half-point dog. So a pretty big adjustment. And that was, of course, the Bills also won right after that, of course. Um, you know, so what do you, what do you, what's your early – and as you stated, I, we were on last night, and the initial line, boom, popped at one-and-a-half. Pittsburgh and it swung to one and a half uh, Buffalo 
Paul Bowlby was with us uh, last night, and he was shocked by the number. It broke while we were live on the air. And he goes, oh, that number's way off. He said, Buffalo should be the team. And he said, Buffalo should be a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And right now, Buffalo are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Quite a swing from the one-and-a-half, Steve, as you mentioned, from the look-ahead number two. You know, it is, Gabe, but it also isn't. Because if you think about it, you know, the difference between it going from two-and-a-half to three now is probably ten times bigger than it going from, you know, plus one-and-a-half to minus two-and-a-half because – both one and two and pick them are kind of dead numbers. There's about a 1% chance it lands on any of those. So maybe say three to 4% move there, about an eight to 9% chance they win by three. So the half point now move more would be three times bigger than what we've seen. Um, That's the big question. Will it get to three? We're seeing it two and a half juiced towards the bills. Maybe it will, you know, and Hey, look, those were two, you know, high profile Monday night standalone games. I don't think the Steeler game was nationally televised. We got to hear of course, you know, on the East coast, because the, football team the Redskins are a local team but um still oh, the public was playing those games yeah. last night and they remember what they've seen recently and they're going to remember you know uh basically the the Bills look good and the Steelers didn't um yeah see now you're great Steve you always got to start trouble in debates here now people are like I disagree the shields are protective for COVID as well to protect the eyes not a bad point, actually. It you know, protects his eyes from getting COVID again. No, but if, if you remember, actually, and I don't know what happened with it. I don't know. I got to look into this, but Oakley actually came up with the helmet, and it was pretty cool. It was basically sort of like a, a shield for the mouth, and it had a shield and everything for, for safety. Um, and for the record, too, guys, so poor Des Bryant. I feel bad for Des. You know, a guy gets a chance to play against his former team. He's on the field, Steve, tonight. Des Bryant's on the field, and he's warming up. He's he's and basically he hugged every Dallas Cowboy player almost, and then he got pulled because he tested positive for COVID. Like you know, great testing oh, policy you got here in Baltimore, guys. Like well, the Ravens are a, cl- a clown show with this COVID stuff. They really are. Yeah. Like I, how the hell do you let like oh we didn't know until like minutes before kickoff that Des Bryant has COVID. Well, you know what? He was just on the sideline hugging everyone on Dallas. Already there's talk about, oh, God, the Cowboys next game now is a big problem. Like, now there's going to be an outbreak. Like, it's it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't blame Des Bryant. He doesn't know. He trusts the team doctors, but they're morons, Steve. Remember we talked about it before. Who was it? Remember the baseball? We were on that night like, what do you mean you're doing tests and it came back in the fifth inning or whatever, Steve? Remember? Oh, it came back in the fifth inning. It was the World Series. It was the final game of the World Series, remember? It came back in the fifth inning. What's the point of doing the test? Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> Turner, right? Who was it, Turner yeah, yeah. for the Dodgers? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember they found out earlier in the game, but they didn't say anything. Then they pulled him later. They were like, all right, we'll pull him in the ninth now. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. Yeah, there, there was 100% no chance that's how that played out. And that's what irritates me about it, Gabe. You know, it's one thing, hey, look, if you really didn't know, you don't know. But don't BS us, you know? And um, <laughs> even Lamar Jackson being back tonight, I mean, I guess it's been almost two weeks now. I feel like it was just last week, but it was, what, Thanksgiving, so that was two weeks ago. But still, how is he cleared already? I mean, I thought you had to quarantine like 14 days if you don't know. So if you come back positive, you don't have to quarantine. I guess you get negative tests after that you can play. Um, I don't know. The whole thing is very shady to me and kind of haphazard. Yeah, I got to tell you, Steve, as somebody that spent 28 days of this year, almost like you know, 28 days, like a month, I've spent 28 days in quarantine throughout the year, yet I don't understand this either, Steve. Like, these old men get COVID, and then they're allowed to walk around people two days later. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? 
Like, I don't have it, but I can't got to stay away from everyone for 14 days because I might. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I, I get it. I, I get it. Well, you know, someone, Dr. Chow brought up the irony of this. You know, he's a do longtime doctor of the Chargers, regular with us on the network and our shows. And Chow said, how about this? The San Francisco 49ers have to leave California and go live in Arizona and set up shop. Meanwhile, the Patriots have set up shop and are living in California for the next two weeks. <laughs> like, they're right. playing in L.A., it's, but they're not. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous. Like, so you see, like, the Niners have to move, but the Patriots are kicked back in Los Angeles all week with no problems. I mean, I, I guess what's the logic that there's a few more people that have to run the event if it's a home game, even though there's no fans there? I mean, I guess that's the only logic. It, it can't be much of a difference otherwise. What's the thing? And I'm not making light of the COVID, but these games aren't causing COVID outbreaks, right, Steve? That's my whole point. Like the Toronto Raptors playing in Tampa. It's like, dude, every NBA player is tested all the time. Like there's not going to be a massive COVID and they're not going to go anywhere after the game. There's nowhere to go. Everywhere is closed. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? The strip clubs aren't open, right? So like, I don't understand. Like even Santa Clara, like I would tell, tell the residents, listen, we're not giving them special treatment, but... You know, we don't think it's a danger to anyone, and uh, we think you want to see your home team 49ers play football. That's how I would sell it. I'd say you're damn right we do, right? You don't want your team to have to go at a disadvantage. All right, Maura Merrill on the other side. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. Late night anger management class. Continues. I'm Renzi. We're throwing it down with Steve Merrill. All right, we could hit a lot of topics uh, here throughout the evening uh, with Merrill, but I want to get into uh, some games uh, as well. And uh, Steve, let's let's start off with the college football uh, stuff. So here we are right now. I brought this up in the past. Let's sabotage Ohio State and see what happens. Yet this college football playoff um, standing, the rankings that came out tonight, they're not unchanged yet because it hasn't. Nothing's happened yet. So Alabama one, Notre Dame two, Clemson three. So it looks like those guys are in, guys. Like, you know what I mean? Unless Notre Dame gets smoked or Clemson. If Clemson loses again, actually, that changes things. But now, so Ohio State checks in at four. Texas A&M is at five at seven and one. Florida is at six and eight and one. Iowa State, for whatever Iowa State lost to a Sun Belt team. I don't know what the fascination with Iowa State with these guys is, but Iowa State are ahead of Cincinnati right now, who are eighth. Georgia ninth. Miami Hurricanes are getting screwed. Their only loss was to Clemson. Like, how the hell are Iowa State ahead of Miami? I got to be honest. I got a beef with Iowa State here, Steve. I do. I know there's uh, this is like with the, your face shield with uh, Lamar. There's bigger problems in the world, but I got I, I got I'm getting on my soapbox here, Merrill. They got two losses and they lost to a Sun Belt team, bro. 
Come on. Iowa State's not the seventh best team in the country. I agree. No, they shouldn't be in the rankings there. I mean, I get, they had the, the huge blowout one of West Virginia, so that looks like a little oh, recent oh. recent hindsight bias, I guess, maybe in the rankings. Um, and, you know, you do probably give more weight to recent results than back in the beginning of the season when nobody really played or practiced. So you could forgive maybe a bad loss at the beginning of the year like they had. But I don't think personally that they're one of the seven best teams in college football. Um, I don't know if, you know, they could very well beat Cincinnati, but an undefeated Cincinnati team I think deserves to be in there ahead of them at least. So what do you what do you, what, what do you think about Ohio State uh, here? It looks like the Big Ten's going to roll over and let them in the title game. I think that's what's going to happen. Yet, you know, I see people out here and big time people as well. Greg McElroy, national champion quarterback, Alabama, uh, ESPN, Danny Cannell, another great college quarterback with Florida State. All these guys are saying, "Hey, what are you guys scared of? Book the game. Ohio State versus Texas A&M this weekend, Steve. What? Not enough time." It's Tuesday. I mean, BYU, these guys pulled it off on a Thursday, and already you hear the excuses. Wow, wow, no, wow. You know, you can't do that. Oh, you're like, and it's just a shame. You know, I knew this. I even said this before, Steve. I said props to BYU and Coastal Carolina because I guarantee you, I even called this. I said if Ohio State are short a game, I promise you they won't step up. Like, they'll want to play a Maryland or they'll play a Purdue or something like that, but they're not going to. I guarantee you, you. You think we'll see Texas A&M? Uh, versus uh, Ohio State, they're going to be like, no way. Big Ten and the SEC, they don't have to demean themselves like that. Well, I think it would make sense for A&M because they're going to probably end up on the outside looking in, you know, and what's, you know, they're not going to get that title shot like Florida will, even though they beat Florida. Um, but Ohio State has nothing to gain, and that's the problem. Of course, Ohio State's not going to want to do it because they basically can just sit back now, and they actually probably don't even benefit from playing a Big Ten championship game. I think – the Big Ten is making that exception more just to get the revenue from that game, you know, in the TV matchup that they want. But Ohio State could very well slide in without that game, just sitting at 5-0. and and let, You know, especially, as you said, if Clemson loses again, that opens the door for another team. Um, but Ohio State with a good win in a Big Ten title game would help their cause. I, I'm still very suspect. Hey, look, I used them as a best bet last week for my clients. I really like the situational setup against Michigan State. They won by 40 but I'm not a believer still in that Ohio State defense, especially that pass defense against good teams. And they haven't really faced any good teams yet this year. Um, so we'll see what happens. You know, I heard some rumblings last week that, hey, BYU would go there and play them. Of course, you know, things changed for BYU when they lost yeah, to Coastal. And by the bad. way, that was a really tough scheduling spot. You know, they go in there as a 10-point favorite, but who knows how bad of a scheduling spot that was maybe. I still think they're probably a better team than Coastal, all things equal. So if Texas A&M was to go play Ohio State on a short notice, it'd be a tremendously tough spot for them as well. So really, I doubt either one of those teams would want to do it for that reason. And even it was brought up, well, what about Coastal this week at, at Ohio State? Coastal's playing. Coastal's got a conference game schedule. At Troy. Um, yeah, yeah against, against Troy. They're at so Troy. For the record right now, yeah. the updated championship numbers, Alabama, who are just cruising through this thing. What a great job that program has done this year, really. Like, out of all the years, they've been, always been awesome, but – I just have a ton of respect how they've handled the COVID stuff. You notice their players haven't had a big outbreak. Saban's gotten it. But, and, man, Saban, I remember when they were down, and they said, wow, it's just going to cause problems. And Saban stated that there, there's a contingency plan for every person on the team. <laughs> like, like, basically, like, if the linebacker coach is down, then the safeties coach is the linebacker. You know what I mean? Like, they have a plan. Like, basically, Saban is like Belichick, bro. He thinks of everything, right? 
So when, when he's gone, it's like Sarkeesian just seamlessly comes right in. Sark takes over. And, you know, I've just got a lot of respect for how, they're, how they've handled it this year. Um, and, you know, Dabo's been running his mouth a lot this year. So I don't know. How good are Clemson, Steve? Are Clemson this automatic team? Can, well, what if Notre Dame beats Clemson again? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the big knock on the Notre Dame win there was, hey, they beat a team with a freshman quarterback first road that game, but that wasn't was the good. problem. I mean, Clemson's defense, exactly. He played as well as Trevor Lawrence would have played. Um, but keep in mind, Clemson was beat up and shorthanded for, on defense for a few games. So I do think they're better than they showed there. And I think they would definitely be the favorite still, like they were on the road with a freshman quarterback, and they would definitely be the favorite on a neutral field. Um, and I think Notre Dame's a good team as well, but I think both Clemson and Notre Dame are far from Alabama. As you said, Alabama, you know, I hate to say it looks too easy, but they really look like a, a class of their own. And then you factor in the motivation as well from not winning a recent national championship like they always do. Um, they look like the team to beat by far. They probably deserve to be minus money right now to win the whole thing. So they're minus 115, Steve, but when we talk about futures, really, they're going to be big favorites against Florida. Florida's not beating them. And then really it's two games. But does the way it, so? But wouldn't the math add up? Even though Steve just to to roll over the money line plays on Alabama, then then to play the one fifteen because, dude, like what would they really be favored against against Clemson? Four, five, you know what I mean? Like they, you know, like I think you could roll the money over, you know, a minus three thirty, a minus two fifteen, etc. Because they would be playing elite teams in the Final Four. They would lay a lot probably against Notre Dame if it was like 1-4 type thing. But in the title game, they wouldn't be laying that much, Steve. Yeah, here's how I look at it. I mean, a roughly a seven-point favorite normally has about a 75% chance of winning straight up. So figure they might be a little bit less than that, like you said, against maybe Clemson. They could be as high as a 10 or 12 or 14-point favorite against somebody else in the semifinal game. So, yeah, you yeah. know, on the surface, that's maybe, what, 16, 17 points total they're favored by. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they're just a seven-point favorite in each game, it comes out to 50% chance of winning them both straight up. So that's even money. So say it's a 17, 18-point combined line, which I think it would be, that's probably minus 120 or higher. So I think there maybe actually could be a little bit of value at minus 115. It's definitely not a bad price. Yeah, because who are we kidding, too? They'd be monster favorites. Like, dude, they were they were like 14-point favorites, 15-point favorites against good Oklahoma teams and Kyler Murray and stuff, right? So, you're right. They'll be like you know, 16 or something against Florida, something massive um, uh, when it's all said and done. Well, I don't know. If you're looking for a, any outside shot here, if you were going to take a, a, a dart, uh, take a flyer. So Alabama's 115. Clemson's plus 200. Ohio State is 7-1. to one. Notre Dame is plus 750. And Notre Dame are putting themselves in a position. They've just got to get through three games as well. Uh, Florida Gators are 9-1. to one. Indiana, 30-1. to one. A&M, 30-1. Any, any long shot here, or is it Bama? Well, let me just say, if I was taking, of all the teams you mentioned there, the ones that could beat the other teams – that, that are in that 20 to 31 range. I think Texas A&M is the best of all of them, but they're not even in their own conference championship game. So obviously, but they did beat Florida. You know, Gabe, what happens if, I guess if Florida beats Alabama, they got a shot, right? Because then their only loss was A&M, but they beat Alabama. So oh, they're getting, it's really going to yeah, be tough, I think, Bama, for yeah. A&M to make, <laughs> right, it's going to be tough for A&M to make the field at this point unless Clemson loses. They'd have to have two losses. Ohio State would have to be downgraded or kind of written off or lose their Big Ten game. And then I think A&M could definitely get in. 
I don't see any situation where Indiana gets it. I've heard their name floating around all week, as you just said, you know, 20 or 30 to one. Um, I, I mean, first of all, I don't think they're that good. I mean, so I, I don't buy that they have any. I mean, they're down 21 at the half to Ohio State. They made that a seven-point game, but they were never really in it. Uh, they can't run the ball at all. So just from a pure talent perspective, there's no way Indiana has any chance. And I don't really honestly see how they even get in in the first place. Um, but I think A&M is a very good team. And I do think maybe there's a path. And plus, they're an SEC team. And as we've seen year after year, the yeah. SEC is just in a league above its, you know, itself. And, and you look at Alabama, that appears to be the case with them. So if a good SEC team could get in like A&M or Florida, maybe they can make some noise with the right matchup. And, you know, guys, you know what's crazy, actually? So there's actually nine undefeated teams right now. There's nine of them still. So USC Trojans with only one game left to go against uh, against UCLA. So the USC Trojans, impressive run. Like I said, we criticized Clay Helton, but let's give him credit. They didn't cover in the first two games against Arizona State and Arizona, but they beat the crap out of the Utes, and then they beat the crap out of Washington State. We give them credit uh, for that. How about that kid with four touchdowns? Uh, so USC are undefeated. Flying under the radar, Steve. How about the Colorado Buffaloes, huh? Colorado Buffaloes at uh, 4-0. The San Jose State Spartans, Steve. That's probably the biggest surprise, one of the biggest surprises. The San Jose Spartans are 5-0 for the first time since the initial weeks of World War II in 1939. Wow. Wow. Coastal Carolina is still undefeated. So for the record, to who these teams play, USC plays UCLA. Colorado's playing uh, Utah. San Jose State's playing Nevada. Coastal Carolina, what a hell of a year uh, for the Roosters here. These guys are 9-0 right now, Coastal uh, rolling. Cincinnati is still undefeated. What do you think of this game, Steve? All right, can, yeah, Tulsa. Tulsa getting, uh, getting like double digits here, 12 points. What do you think about uh, Tulsa in this game? Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati, I think of all the teams you mentioned, those undefeated teams. I mean, I think BYU still might be the best, even though they're not undefeated anymore. And once again, as I said earlier, that, you know, I basically scratched that loss at Coastal because it was hold such on, an Steve, unbelievably Steve, difficult spot on short notice. I'll be damned if I'm going to let you shortchange the Buffalo Bulls, Steve. Let's not forget about the Buffalo Bulls. You know, we're talking about the best undefeated team in the country, but sorry, go on. <laughs> I, I had forgotten about them. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> That's why I'm bringing I, it up. I think I'm Cincinnati's... just letting people know, hey, by the way, Buffalo, San Jose State, there's some other teams that are undefeated. All right, go on, Steve. Well, and, and, keep, and keep in mind, for a lot of these schools, it's what, the fifth game, sixth game of the season. This would be like early October that we're having this conversation normally, and we would never yeah, do that. Yeah, when everyone's 5-0, so. oh, you're right. It is, isn't, it, it, isn't it something, though, Gabe, that like you, you looked at those future odds, and there's really like only five teams in the mix that are like less than 30-1, to 1, and we've only played like a half season? So I think that's remarkable. You think if there's ever a year there'd be 20 teams right now in the mix, it'd be now, and there's less than never. In fact, you really can't even make a case for a fourth team that deserves to be in it, because it's really Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame, and then everyone else at this point. Um, by the way, I did a, a, a video earlier tonight, one of those Advanced Tuesday videos I was talking about. The one I hosted was USC-UCLA with Brian Leonard and Tony Finn, who will be on Friday on the show here. And yeah. um, we discussed that game, and, we all, and Brian brought up a great point. I was pointing out as well, USC can't run the ball this year. UCLA has almost a double rushing edge over USC this week, even though they're a three-point dog. And I brought it up during the video. I was like, it's really amazing to me that USC at 4-0 throws for 75% of their total yards, only runs for about 116 yards a game, is in the national title talk. Because, yeah, they definitely don't Almost deserve slowness. to be. Um, and you can actually make a case Colorado on, a much better defensive team this year. Save that thought. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Late Night Anger Management Class, this is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Lombrensi, Steve Merrill, Wager Talk TV in the house, wagertalk.com. Check them out on YouTube. Check out the website uh, as well. So, Steve, before we get you out of here, uh, just quick. So, rapid fire, 30 seconds. I want to get basketball. What do you think of the Rams and the Patriots game? Uh, This Rams team, to me, I think they're the second-best team in the NFC, but they're not good home favorites ever. What do you make of this game against the Pats? Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, I think they've won like four of their eight wins this year. I think it was against the NFC East, the NFC Least, you know, back when the Redskins, you know, Giants, those teams weren't playing that well. So Rams have gone three and one their last four. But then again, um, you know, this is a step up having to travel uh, back home. And now they're playing New England. Everything's thrown off, like you said, with these no California games. It's just the whole scheduling thing makes everything so tough. Uh, it does look like the Patriots are playing better football now. That 45 nothing win. You wouldn't think a team scores 45 game and it stays under the total. But that's what happened last week in that Charger game. So, uh, Steve, and also you wouldn't think that a, a two-point home favorite would lose 45-0. Big Ten dominate tonight, 6-1. Right. 6-1 six and, one. Six and one in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. We're back at it uh, tomorrow. Although it's strange because some, you know, to Michigan's playing Toledo uh, tomorrow. And I see Wisconsin's playing Rhode Island. But uh, what are your thoughts on the ACC uh, Big, Ten, uh, Big Ten Challenge? Because NC State was supposed to play Michigan, uh, but uh, they're out due to COVID. But... Any overnight thoughts on on tomorrow's ACC Big Ten Challenge? Maryland uh, at Clemson, Clemson minus two. Indiana and Florida State, FSU uh, minus uh, three. Georgia Tech and Nebraska uh, tomorrow as well. What's your take, Steve? Uh, And Michigan State, Virginia. I'd say that's the best one. Michigan State, Virginia was postponed, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. That's the one I was going to talk about. Yeah, that's probably the best game on the board tomorrow night. And to be honest, you know, 128 is a pretty high total for any Virginia game. And Michigan State obviously is not afraid to bang and play half court as well. Total actually has gone up from 127 to 128. Money's come in a little bit on Michigan State as well. It's Virginia now down from two to a one-and-a-half point favorite. Um, I used UVA as a nice best bet last week against St. Francis coming off that loss to San Francisco. Um, and they barely got it done the second. They were up by 32 at halftime, and they actually got outscored by seven in the second half. And then they only won by seven against Kent as an 18-point favorite. So this Virginia team kind of looks like one of those Steve, teams, Gabe, that only plays when they want to play. Go. You would think they'll be focused in this one. Thanks, man.